Hello, and welcome to the Brewery FM podcast hosted by Scott Hogue and Dan Usher, just two techies separated by pumpkin pie, talking cloud, the path to the dark and the light, and technology. I'm not a host, and this is episode 32, recorded on November 27th, 2015. So, a couple updates this week. Uh, I know we were out last week down at the Live 360 conference with a multitude of other people and apparently 150 or 160 SharePoint attendees. Um, So, we missed the Connect event. Um, To me, uh, and for anybody that doesn't know, we're not talking about that neat thing that Microsoft every so often puts up a site and says, hey... Uh, there's a preview, come sign up here. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Microsoft Connect event, uh, open, close, parentheses, semicolon, uh, that's up in New York uh, the past couple of years. So <clears throat> a couple of the different things they had. Uh, they updated Visual Studio Code, which so a year ago they released it. This year they updated it uh, with a couple new things. Um, to me, I, I kind of giggled because they had that... Uh, I guess, package manager, and it looks very, very similar to what you have in uh, Sublime Code. So if you're familiar with, Sub- or excuse me, Sublime Text, uh, if you're familiar with that, you've been using Atom, um, this basically looks like it was uh, taken from those two and integrated in, which it probably was since it's part of the Atom uh, code set, I guess. Um, any thoughts on that? Mm, chromium, yum. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nifty. So there, there's a couple of things, I think, from the mm, IT pro-ish side of the house that are interesting. So they've committed to PowerShell support in Visual Studio Code. So uh, if you are on uh, Unix box, like Mac OS, things like that, using code, you'll get uh, all the fun color palettes and everything that we, we generally like to have to... Uh, distinguish a function from a variable, all that fun stuff. Uh, But if you're on Windows, it can actually do some basic error checking and some other things. So they have an additional module that they're relying on to do some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, you can uh, actually just author all your PowerShell and Markdown in the same editor now and completely skip the ISE, uh, which could be kind of nice for some folks since the ISE always feels kind of oh, I don't know, bloated, you know, takes 30 seconds to start up and who knows what it's doing in the background and code is just nice and lean and the nice thing is, you know, again, it supports the IntelliSense and highlighting and everything else, uh, but you also get a little bit of that uh, Visual Studio light project structure uh, so we can start to have a little bit more rigor and control and then we have all the GitHub integration, which is always nice, uh, or really just Git integration, right? Uh, so... You know, I, I see that as a tool to, hey, let's go out to, uh, you, you know, our teams and say, uh, guess what, guys, we're back to this treating our scripts as source code kind of thing. And, you know, that can't be bad to get everybody into a new tool set and uh, learning some new workflows and things like that. Right. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's neat to see them trying to, you know, combine everything into that single interface so that it's not developers going one way and IT pros going another. and uh, I don't know if you had a chance to download the PowerShell uh, extension. I know it's still very much in alpha. Um, <clears throat> still got a ways to go, but I mean, at least it's it's there and it's a way, it's a conduit for them to uh, start working that in. Um, 
one of the other announcements they had was uh, Visual Studio Dev Essentials. So, you know, this is again kind of that uh, community version. Um, so it's community, it's code, it's uh, a little bit of training services from Pluralsight, WinElect, and Xamarin, um, as well as some monthly Azure credits. So, kind of neat. Uh, that's coming out next year. Um, and then probably the other thing that uh, they added in here, which was kind of neat. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, switching up the Visual Studio um, subscriptions to no longer just be yearly, but monthly through uh, cloud subscriptions. So for those folks that uh, you know they realize, hey, I'm only going to be working with Visual Studio for a couple weeks for a project, and I'm not going to need it after that, um, you can quickly ramp up and ramp down. Plus, instead of having multiple different uh, <clears throat> bills that you're paying on a monthly, yearly basis, you can combine it all back into you know a single bill where you've got Visual Studio and you've got Azure uh, cloud services. But I guess that's more for organizations that don't have like you know uh, enterprise agreement or something like that. But still, it, it's neat to see them making it such that folks don't have to you know sign up for an entire year if they don't want to. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the Visual Studio or really the MSDN thing has always been an individual benefit uh, and going to that month-to-month aligns nicely with um, some of the other things that we've had for a long time, right? Like MSDN benefits in Azure, you know, you still, even though you have a subscription limit and effectively you're billed through at $0 a month, you still get a bill every month for that. So, uh, you know, it just makes things a little bit... Uh, cleaner along the way, I think. Yeah. Hopefully everybody gets on board with that and just figures it out. It's our new uh, OPEX world, right? Yeah. And I mean, for those folks that are, you know, working, going from project to project, they might not need that Visual Studio subscription for the entire year. That's not to say they shouldn't have it, but <clears throat> it's uh, definitely handy to be able to ramp up, ramp down that way and not have to deal with the, you know, cost of that full up subscription. A um, couple other things that I uh, just wanted to touch on from the Connect conference primarily with regard to Xamarin. Um, so really, this is the only other thing. Uh, and I know they've got a couple other announcements. You can go look at those up on Visual Studio uh, blog. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Xamarin 4 support. So uh, I know Xamarin 3 was a pretty big improvement upon that, uh, that entire platform for doing um, cross-platform app development, uh, Xamarin 4, you know, they continue to build upon that. Um, so basically Visual Studio 2015 Update 1's got uh, full support for Xamarin 4, so you can still use Xamarin Studio if you want, but you can use Visual Studio as well. So pretty neat. Um, obviously, if you're on a Mac, there is no Visual Studio for you over there, so you're still going to have to uh, use that Xamarin stuff. But uh, if there is a Xamarin user group in your local area, um, I know in Northern Virginia, we've got two, one in DC and one in Nova. Uh, they will be throwing probably Xamarin for parties, uh, to celebrate similar to how they did with Xamarin three. So looking forward to that. That'll be all sorts of fun. I'm just looking forward to the cake, you know, <laughs> do they serve cake at those things? Uh, I think, I think so. I'm not positive, but I, I think so. so. Nice. Well, always a good thing. Yep. Uh, so other announcements that came out this week. Um, I think uh, I was a little surprised to see that 
even the folks over in Azure were trying to get things out the door before Thanksgiving. Uh, they made some enhancements to the preview portal. Um, so the, the lovely preview portal that we all have slowly but surely learned to use with its journeys and blades and experiences and whatnot. Uh, they've added in a few more nice, uh, nice little things with, you know, how you browse through your resources. Um, I know there was, uh, some consternation with, uh, you know, working through blades and what would happen. And sometimes the blades didn't really react the way we thought they would. So thankfully, um, <clears throat> when you're working inside those, they've, they really worked to try and improve the experience because it was pretty bad. Um, especially, you know, some of the fill in spots where you'd be going from one property to another and they sometimes would lock or, uh, you'd need to fill them out in the order that they weren't actually on the page. Um, besides that, you know, they've simplified the dashboard a little bit. So you still have uh, service health and whatnot, but they've tried to scale that back. So it's not quite as much information on the page. Uh, I think probably some of the feedback they got was, whoa, Nelly, you know, every single time I add something, it doesn't necessarily mean it should be popped up as its own little resource square, but, um, little improvements here and there, as well as notifications they've added in to make the system a little bit user friendly. Um, because you work on this uh, a lot more than I do, I think, but you know, finding notifications that pop up sometimes aren't always obvious to you. So having that in the uh, top of the screen with little notifications that pop up is pretty handy so that you, uh, aren't having to go hunt and peck around through all your different services. Yeah, no, the notification thing is really nifty. So it actually hops you straight into uh, the log for that resource event, right? So you can just get uh, that holistic overview of here's the action that was completed, here's what happened in the fabric on the back, and if there's any errors, the verbosity of those has gotten quite a bit better depending on what you're doing. Uh, if you're using out-of-the-box portal actions, it's great. If you're using other people's ARM templates, uh <laughs> cough, SharePoint, uh, some things tend to break, you know, like, hey, we had a parameter that was not required, and mm, we're still going to go ahead and execute the whole template and uh, blow up along the way, all those kinds of things. Um, so one of the other things that's coming along with those uh, Blade improvements is they're going to be doing a one-time reset of Blade customizations in early December, so they didn't provide an exact date for that. Uh, but they found that, you know, as they're going through and really simplifying blades because blades were taking up too many resources, especially some of the ones that showed, uh, pretty charts and graphs and, and, and things like that. So, you know, as they simplify those things, uh, they've got to go back and, uh, reset a bunch of them. So for anybody that has customizations on their dashboard today, those don't go away. They all stay there. Uh, and it's also not going to change any other user preferences like uh, your language or themes. You know, if you were dark and your buddy was light, you know, you, you'll you'll both still be, um, you know, the rebels on the dark side. It'll be totally fine. Um, but what might happen is the display of those might change, right? You might have had a chart that showed, um, you know, 10 elements in it, and now that chart's only going to show three elements because... Uh, that's how they need to render it so that it works for everybody across the board. Um, and something that, of course, uh, just warmed my heart uh, was they've made some visual improvements to the dark theme. Uh, so everything just looks a little bit prettier uh, if you're on that side of the fence and running through that way, which, uh, y you know, everybody should be. 
should be is the keyword, but they may or may not be. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that, uh, you know, provides a little bit of improvement, especially since I know some folks get, uh, uh, squirrely about not being able to make customizations or at least not having a variety of ways the information can be displayed, um, from a, you know, a color interface perspective. So, um, couple other things in the Azure world. Uh, probably the biggest was on Monday. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but Azure PowerShell 1.0 um, got uh, got released. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know really how to feel about this, except that uh, they're keeping around 1.0 and 0.9.x uh, simultaneously um, to basically allow for folks to you know, make the transition to the way the APIs are now. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's not so much the APIs, because the APIs have been that way a long time, right? We've, we've had ARM and ASM for, oh, yeah, a, a while now. Um, it's really about this new model for loading modules, and guess what? They're all split up, and they're all over the place. Um, you know, it, it's the, the new 1.0 stuff. Um, you know, it turns out to get it to work, uh, you know, sometimes to make this thing work in this use case, you've got to be running, uh, like, uh, you know, WMF 5.0, the production preview. Uh, so, you know, WMF 5.0 isn't into production yet, and there's some weird reliances there. So uh, they've kind of gone whole hog and said, uh, we're going to be latest and greatest on this side of the fence, and we're going to keep the legacy tooling around for just a little while to make sure that everybody can get to where they need to be, uh, which is nice, right? That, that, that's not a bad thing either, that uh, everybody's going to have access to the tools they actually need to, you, you know, get their jobs done and uh, not fight with things like, um, you know, I've been watching a, an issue on the GitHub repo, you know, there's a, a guy that just can't log in uh, with an ARM account and it just continually blows up and can't figure it out on, on a Windows 7 box, Windows 8, Windows 10. Um, you know, it's like uh, just this one race condition. But if that's your thing and, like, you can't log in and manage your account with ARM because the uh, login, you know, Azure RM is blowing up, uh, that, that, that's kind of a bad thing. It can get in your way and, and make your day kind of bad. So, yeah, you know, for some folks, it might make sense to stay on that legacy tooling for just a little while longer until it... Uh, kind of clears itself out and gets to where it needs to be. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this one. I think probably, uh, like you said, it's that uh, that quasi form of catch it, let, allowing folks time to catch up. I know uh, when you and I have worked in this joyous world of SharePoint, uh, it's always been kind of the humor of uh, we, we'd see a new version of PowerShell come out, not just Azure, but we'd see a new version of PowerShell come out. And it would require that management framework be installed and SharePoint exchange and whatnot tended to uh, be on the more conservative, cautious side of things, not necessarily having everything ready to go uh, for that new version just yet. So uh, similarly, the Azure PowerShell piece, uh, as we live in this world of hybrid, you know, the new on-prem, uh, it, uh, it's going to be one of those where hopefully, uh, the SharePoint group and office 365 group are able to catch up and, uh, you know, get things in line for using good old, uh, PowerShell 1.0 down the road. Yeah. So, so one of the interesting things here is they've gone ahead and they have two delivery models now 
for Azure PowerShell. So it's available through the PowerShell gallery and uh, the web PI, so, so that good old web platform installer. So the way this has happened in the past is once a month, we would have a release in web PI that would come along and say, okay, uh, here's your build for October 2015. Here's your build for November 2015. And you, you know we just kind of keep churning along that way. So that model is going to continue to stay in place. We're going to have that traditional web PI build once a month. But for folks who are over on that latest and greatest side and they really like to be bleeding edge, uh, they're also going to be doing releases through PowerShell Gallery. And the interesting thing about that is uh, it's going to just be a continuous release. So as they're pushing things through, they will go into the gallery and that will be like that one place to always get the latest and greatest every month. Um, you know, and, and so that comes with all the good stuff, like, hey, we're, you know, going to have access to the uh, latest API wrapper in PowerShell and all the bad stuff, like, mm, uh, something's going to be broken along the way, right? Like, uh, default parameter sets are going to be wrong, or maybe the help documentation isn't where you need it to be, or maybe the MSDN documentation hasn't caught up yet. Uh, so, you know, it's a, turning into a little bit of a choose your own adventure for that one choose your own adventure not certain how i really feel about that but i'm willing to willing to roll with it um so i think that's all we wanted to cover from the news so to speak uh i did want to spend three minutes and just uh you know the the live 360 conference any thoughts you want to share on that uh, you know, I mean, it was a great group. That's one of my favorite ones to do every year. Um, you know, it's, it's really fun to go down and uh, be a speaker down there and, and engage with everybody along the way. Uh, you know, I also think it's really fun to be an attendee. So one of the nice things is, uh, you know, you and I were down there speaking, uh, but, uh, you know, the hosts of that event are also gracious enough to offer us uh, attendee badges. So, uh, you, you know, we can go to other sessions and see what's going on as well. So, uh, you, you know, went out and I, I did a, a couple other sessions. I did uh, kind of crossed over into the tech mentor track, did some stuff on uh, Azure AD just to see how, you know, they might present it differently than, you know, we come at it just from a straight Office 365 or, um, you know, Exchange Online or SharePoint Online side of the fence. Uh, so, so that, that was interesting and it's always fun to go and see, uh, some other folks sessions. So I think I sat in on a session on, uh, actionable search results from Matt McDermott, which was great, really end user focused. Here's all the things we can make our search center do, um, which, you know, for all the fun we make of attendees in the very beginning, you know, we ask everybody, Hey, raise your hands if you're an end user and, um, uh, nobody ever raises their hand. It's like, well, yeah, great. None of us are actually using these things. Uh, you know, I, I lose sight of that stuff sometimes too. So um, really just a, a great event, great opportunity. Um, you know, I, I like the smaller conferences quite a bit. Uh, you know, we had some folks come up to us after uh, one of our sessions, I think it was on one of the identity sessions, right? And asking about um, ADFS and, and how do we do like real SSO on premises and, and um, you know, actually get like IDP initiated logins and things like that. We're like, ah, we'll send you some blog articles, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I figured, hey, we've got the time, we're down there, and we can use it in demos later in the week. Uh, so why not go ahead and just set this up for them and, and show them how it's done and, and so we can see how it actually works in a real-world environment. So, 
you know, I think there's a, a ton of value there for attendees as well with those smaller conferences to just say, um, you know, hey, uh, here's what I'm trying to do. Is this uh, viable, feasible? Uh, and if it is, uh, you know, hopefully we have the opportunity to show them a better way to do it. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think uh, I personally was amazed that we had 47 people sitting in the all-day uh, workshop on Office 365. That was, I don't want to say double, but you know, nearly double the number of folks we had the year prior. So props to the team that uh, puts together the conference, being able to attract that many people. Um, definitely excited for next year. Uh, they moved it back. So if you have no clue what we're talking about, go out to live360events.com. And check it out. It's going to be the, I guess, first full week of December next year. So I'm not quite certain what the logic was for moving it back, but eh, that's fine. That just means, you know, uh, instead of going down in the week before November when things are just beginning to get cold, it'll be coming down from Northern Virginia to Orlando when it's cold. So definitely looking forward to it next year. Like you said, it's a great conference uh, to have the ability to just reach out and actually really connect with folks and uh, like you mentioned, um, you know, it's not just SharePoint. They've got a slew of SQL people there, some people from Microsoft there for Visual Studio, folks getting folks up to up to speed on how to build modern apps and the tech mentor section. Uh, I know you and I kind of giggle about it because it does have crossover with some of the SharePoint stuff, but definitely an interesting perspective to see, uh, you know, with some of these folks, um, what they're bringing to the table when it's non-SharePoint-y. So, uh, anyway, I think that's a wrap for this week and we will catch you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. Yep. Take care. Take care.